Good morning and welcome to the service. Oh, come, let us adore him. the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. I'll invite Ivy to come with her grandma to light the candles. And while they'll do that while we do our Advent reading, I will read the leader parts. And if you could join in on the people part. We light a candle of love, and we know and experience the lowly lifted fear met with love. We light the candle and pray for God's face to shine on us, to save us, restore us. Let us come together and see what God has done. God, we praise and thank you for your great love for us. In spite of our many failings, you forgive us, save us, and restore us. In this season of anticipation, we wait with hope and longing for your return. Amen. What hope we hold this starlit night
At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. 
His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Heavenly Father, I thank thee for sending Jesus Christ that first Christmas night. Angels came singing to herald his birth. Shepherds came worshiping the baby king. Wise men came from the east and followed a star that led them to Bethlehem where Jesus was. They bowed down and worshiped him and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Heavenly Father, I thank thee for sending Jesus Christ that first Christmas night. Let's pray just quickly for uh, dismissing the children to Children's Church. Dear God, we thank you so much for the little ones of our church. God, we pray that they have a good time in Children's Church. We pray that they will learn wonderful things that will stay with them their lives. We pray also for the teachers that they will have the right words to say. And God, we also pray a blessing on this service. We pray that you will speak. Lord, we pray all of these things. Amen. All right. If you have your bulletins on you, you will notice that there is uh, a bunch of things that are on there. There are also some things uh, that are not on there that I will point out. You probably saw that there was a bunch of Christmas uh, goodie plates when you came in. Uh, they are for different people that could use a pick-me-up around town. The names are on each one of them. And so uh, what I'd ask is you take a look at them, you uh, pick up ones that you know are for people that you know, and you deliver it to them today. That would be wonderful if we could get through all 10 of those being delivered, and it would mean an awful lot. I know that. So as we're heading out today, uh, the plates on the back, take a look at who they're going to, and then drop them off. Next caroling tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, that is going to be a wonderful time. I actually want to thank David Cruz an awful lot for putting that together on very short notice, uh, as well as Tammy and uh, Donna and everyone else that helped. There is going to be uh, flatbed trailers that are going around that we will be able to be social distanced on the back of them, and we will sing carols to lift the spirits of our town tonight at 7 p.m. There will also be cocoa and heating up here in the church afterwards. 
Uh, I'm also supposed to ask if you have anything that has flashing lights on it, uh, make sure to bring that as well, just so people, uh, so we can really get people's attention. Going on, uh, you can see later on there uh, that on December 29th, we are on for the, the Valley View Sledding Hill. Our church is in charge of looking after it. We need two to three people uh, per shift. And so if you have done it before or you are interested in helping out at the Sledding Hill, get in touch with Emily uh, right as soon as you can. Also, January 14th to 16th and March 4th to 6th. We're looking for people there as well. And the last thing would be the week following Christmas until the 4th, I want to say. Yeah, that would be that next Tuesday. Uh, I am on vacation that week, so uh, if you call the church, you won't be able to get a hold of me. So, uh, I am on vacation the week following Christmas. Then on to items to pray for. Um, Bilal and Fatima, let us continue to keep them in our prayers as we wait for them uh, to get their tickets to come home uh, to their new home in Canada. That is the only thing we are still waiting for, and so we pray that soon uh, they can come. Uh, Let's pray for the Valley View Tubing Hill as it is opening. Pray that there isn't any accidents and that the weather is such that they can have a good year as well. Uh, Then we also want to pray for those that this time of year is a difficult time. Uh, It is such a joyous time for so many of us that for those that it is not, it is extra hard to take. So let us keep those people in our prayers. At the same time, uh, Christmas always comes with a fair amount of travel and the weather is looking to be rather up and down for the next couple weeks. And so let's pray that travel happens safely and also that spikes in the COVID cases do not happen because of family gatherings. Teachers and grade students, the last day of elementary and grade school is this coming Wednesday. I believe that they have already moved to uh, being online only, which makes it a complicated end of year. And so we want to pray that the last few days are good. Also, uh, we want to praise uh, God for our university students home after exams. Pray that the exams, when the marks come back, went well, and also that they can settle in to being fully rested in the Christmas season as soon as possible. Uh, Pray for our church as we go through uh, the coming Advent uh, series over the months to come. It is a good time to look to Jesus and refocus and regroup as we think about what our life is with him. And so now uh, we want to continue to pray for our church and the rest of the EMC as we go through this series as well. And one last bit of praise. I don't know who has all been following the situation that was going on with Haiti. There was a number of hostages that were taken there and all of them have been released just in time for Christmas. And so that is a wonderful uh, praise item if there ever was one. And so let's now go into a time of prayer. Our God, we come before you this morning, first off, praising your name. Lord, for that situation in Haiti that has been going on for two months, hostages for two months, God, we thank you so much that it has ended the way it has. God, we thank you that the hostages have been released. And Lord, we pray that as they go home, the the lasting scars of what has happened will not be too deep. God, we pray for them and their families. And Lord, we continue to pray for Haiti as a country as well, having gone through so many hardships over the last few years. And then before that as well, God, we pray that your blessing be upon that country and the people there. Lord, we pray, let us see them built up. And God, as we come 
closer to our town, but still looking worldwide, we continue to pray for Bilal and Fatima. Lord, it must be very frustrating that after six years, they are waiting for these tickets. And so God, we pray that they come soon. God, we pray that they can come home to their new home here in Canada as soon as possible and that we will be able to see them face to face. Lord, this we most certainly pray with all that we are. And God, we wanna pray for our town as well. Lord, we wanna pray for Valley View and the tubing hill that is there. God, it is a wonderful ministry that they have in that tubing hill, a wonderful ministry that reaches thousands of people every year. And so God, we pray that once again this year, it will be a success. Lord, we pray once again this year that many people will be reached for you. And we pray that there will be safety on that hill. And Lord, we pray that through it, you will speak to people who otherwise never would have known you. And God, we also want to say a big thank you for being with our school systems this last couple months. It has been a difficult one. And God, we pray now as we're almost at the end of the school year, at least until January, Lord, we pray, be with our teachers for the last little bit. Give them strength, give them perseverance for these last three days. And for our students as well, Lord, we pray this. And we want to say thank you so very much for being with our university students as they went through exams these past couple weeks. And we want to thank you that they are home now. Lord, we pray that that shift from the high anxiety that comes with writing exams to the lull that comes with holidays comes quickly and that it is a time of rejuvenation for them so that they are good to go when January comes. And Lord, we want to pray also for the people of our town looking forward to Christmas. That means traveling. God, we pray that there is safety in the traveling. And God, we also pray that for the cases where COVID is there, that the symptoms make themselves known soon enough that if they shouldn't be going to other family meetings, that that doesn't happen so that the spread can stop. It is always concerning going into this time of year. And so we pray, God, we pray that we will see you at work to keep those numbers down. And Lord, we also want to pray for the people that this time of year is a difficult time. God, we want to pray that you comfort them. God, we want to pray that you set on the hearts of those around them to come and see how they are doing. Lord, this we put before you today as well. And finally, we want to pray for our church. God, we thank you so very much for your word. We thank you so very much that all of those years ago, you came to be born. And so God, we pray that over the months to come, as we learn about your life, that it strikes us in new detail. That things that we have never seen before jump out at us and change us in ways that we didn't even know possible. God, all of these things we put before you today. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. In our passage today, we read in the Magnificat, the part at the bottom, where Mary is singing her heart song. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful 
of the humble state of his servant. Humble state of his servant. That is an understatement, as we saw last week. For Mary was born to a poor family, a daughter in a time that was hostile to women, a teenager in a time when no one would even begin to listen to you, at least until you were double the age that Mary was when she encountered the angel Gabriel. And yet that didn't stop her, as we saw last week. That didn't stop Mary from answering the call to be the mother of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Though the choice to do so, as she fully would have known, would almost certainly end her at odds with her family, her friends, her town, her fiancé. To have this child that offered, that offered no assurance that things would turn out well for Mary. No assurance that it would go all right for her. No assurance other than God's promise that he would be there with her. A promise that, quite frankly, would have sat a little mixed with people at that time. For as we learned at the end of our series on reading the Old Testament, it had been around 400 years since the last of the Old Testament was written between then and when Mary when the story of Mary happened. And in that time, the people of the Lord had been battered. They had been bruised and they had been ground into the dust by first the Greeks and then the Romans. And it had been nearly 600 years since the children of the Lord felt as so close to their God as they did in the exile in the time immediately after. It had been nearly a millennium since the great King David had walked the earth and the Israelites felt like they were on top of it all. It had been nearly 1,400 years since Moses had taught the people the law of God and it had been nearly 2,000 years since Abraham had made the covenant with God that the Lord would be his God and he and his descendants, the Lord's people for all time. 2,000 years since that covenant was made. Long years had passed between the times of the Old Testament and when Mary walked the earth. Long years had passed, and during them, it often felt as if God was nowhere to be found. Long years had passed, and in them, over and over, the children of God had felt themselves humbled by the world around them. The Lord's promising that he would do something for them. That was a promise that many struggled with, then the same as now. But for Mary, this promise from our Lord was enough. She would follow our God. And as we saw before the angel left her, he mentioned one last thing, one last name to her, Elizabeth. Older Elizabeth, who could not have a child of her own. See her. See what the Lord has done with her. That was our story last week. Mary's words from our passage today continue. From now on, all generations will come, will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. It had been six months Since the miracle with Elizabeth 
since the miracle with Zechariah. Six months since Zechariah had been chosen by lots, by the will of God to enter the temple. And there, something had happened. An angel had appeared. You will have a son, although you and your wife have never had a child, and you are too old to have one now. You will have a child. It had been six months since Zechariah, face to face with this messenger of God, did what Mary did not, doubted that the Lord could do what he claimed he would. And for that doubt, it had been six months since Zechariah had been struck mute, sentenced to simply wait and see what God was about to do. At first, this was undoubtedly terrifying, both to Zechariah as well as Elizabeth, because this was really not a period of time in history that was kind to the disabled. But then I imagine Elizabeth, who was too old to have children of her own, I imagine she started to feel sick. At first, maybe they thought it was nothing. The flu, because doubt has a powerful way of making you not see the obvious, of making you unwilling to get your hopes up after a lifetime of being disappointed time and again. But then she would have began to show. What words are there for feelings like that? After a life of not having something that every part of society, every part of your family, and every part of you longs for, to suddenly know that it's on its way. To have those long prayers answered. To see that look on your husband's face, and then your friends' faces. Your friends who have suffered with you all along, all those long years the celebrations that would have come. That was six months ago, which means that Elizabeth was right at that sweet spot in her pregnancy, body adjusted to be glowing, yet not so pregnant to get stuck in the furniture. Right at the sweet spot of pregnancy when one day, a young woman, tired, sweaty, dirty, and out of breath from her long journey would have burst into her house unexpectedly. And suddenly in her we read that Elizabeth's long-awaited child jumped like never before. Mary's words from her passage today continue. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. As Mary entered the house of Elizabeth, apart from being Rather a mess and uncomfortable, having traveled by herself, almost certainly on foot, about a hundred miles through hot, hilly, brigand-infested country, while in the early throes of pregnancy. She also, I think, would have for a moment felt rather anxious for other reasons as well. For while Elizabeth and Zachariah were distant family, if they were closer family, it would say they were cousins or something, but we just say family Elizabeth when you read this passage. So I ask you, imagine what would happen if the child of your second or third cousin showed up in this kind of state out of the blue in your house. But more than that, these two were highborn, to say the least. Zachariah was a priest who worked in the temple itself, even in the inner sanctums of it, as we heard from his story. 
that was not a task that was left to just anybody. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they would have known people. And here was Mary, poor Mary, young, pregnant, out of wedlock Mary, showing up out of the blue on their doorstep, alone and filthy from her travels. They may have been distant family, but again, what would you think of that happen to you? And then as Mary saw the one that she sought before her, we hear another miracle happening. The fifth so far, if I'm counting right, in our story of Luke 1. For we read in the passage that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Elizabeth, and as she spoke, excited to the core of her being, the words were those, there was simply no way that Elizabeth could have possibly known, but were also those that with every fiber of her being, Mary needed to hear. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greetings reached my ear, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary's words from our passage today continue. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. I wonder after that miracle, what would the two women have been thinking about? Would Elizabeth be wondering, where in the world did that come from? The angel told Zechariah their son would be the herald of the Lord, but he didn't say a thing about the Lord being born a child, let alone from their extended family. And Mary left home seemingly right after the angel visited her. There, there would have been no messaging ahead. How could Elizabeth know that Mary was even pregnant? You don't show after just a few days. How would she know any of this? Save for an act of God. What would Mary have been thinking in all of her anxieties before meeting Elizabeth to hear that greeting? If she was afraid that there was no place with Elizabeth and Zachariah due to her low-born station in life and the unfortunate situation that the world around her would have thought that she was now in, that fear was now gone. In that society, it was unheard of for the higher born to greet their social inferiors. And yet here, Elizabeth does that unprovoked, praises her even, lowers herself and her unborn child to raise Mary and the baby within her to the greatest societal heights that young woman had ever known. And if Mary was afraid of what was to come, afraid of what carrying this child meant for her, her family, her society, her fiancé, that God had clearly given Elizabeth these words to greet her, words that there was no possible way that Elizabeth could have known for the work, save for the work of the Lord alone. Surely seeing God willing to do such a thing for seemingly the main purpose of just calming her. To a scared, poor, low-born young girl like Mary, who suddenly found herself at the center of history, 
I think that would have changed an awful lot. We know it changes an awful lot for Mary because immediately after that, she begins to sing this song. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. As a song, it sounds better in Aramaic, but it still means everything in English. Mary's heart song that she sings here, it's called the Magnificat, meaning my soul magnifies the Lord. And as we read the words, we find that it sure does. 400 years had passed since the end of the Old Testament, long enough that even people like Zechariah, a priest himself, could come through a lifetime to doubt that God could do as he promised. Long enough to come to doubt that God could keep his word, be it just with an old priest who did right by him, or his promises on a greater scale, to be with the descendants of Abraham forever. It had been 400 years since the end of the Old Testament, and in that time, the children of Israel had been ground up, had been thrown down, and humbled repeatedly. Yet God had promised to be with them forever. God had promised to raise them up and lower their enemies before them, to fill them with the good food to eat that those over them had hoarded for themselves, to be their rock, to be their redeemer. It had been 400 years since the end of the Old Testament. Where was God now? And as the last note of the Magnificat draws to a close, encapsulating not just the experiences of Mary, Elizabeth, Gabriel, and Zachariah that we've encountered in the book of Luke up until now, but also the promises that sum up the entire Old Testament that lead us to this very moment in that very house with those two impossibly pregnant women standing before each other, both overwhelmed by what our God had just done to comfort them. The answer to where God has been this whole time is made crystal clear for us. He has been hard at work keeping his promises to his people, setting the stage for what is to come next. For soon, two children are going to be born and when they are, oh, just you wait and see what comes. And this is where our assignment today arrives. Less than a week remaining until Christmas comes. Less than a week remaining until our Lord and Savior is born. All too often we find ourselves in the same place as Zachariah. Doubting that our Lord keeps his word to be with his people, to be with us. And it has been a lot longer than 400 years since the New Testament has come to a close. We know that it is all too easy to lose sight of God. 
But just as in the time leading up to that meeting between those two women in that house all those years ago, to today, God has been at work all along, preparing for what is to come next. Mary, who believed, who could look back and see what God had been up to that led to where she could sing the words of the Magnificent, she could see it. And so let us try to learn to see it too. And so here's what I want you to do this next week. Read through Luke 1 again. And then as you do, and as you get to the Magnificat, read that a couple times. Maul on Mary's words. Ruminate on them. Take them into your heart and then read them again. Then start over from the beginning and do that at least once every day. And as you do that, also remember what we have learned about the story of the Old Testament from the series that we finished not even a month ago. And if you need a refresher on that, grab CDs from the back corner or they're all online as well. Remember the time between the Old Testament and the beginning of Luke. All over the story of what God has done to mold Israel from the opening pages of Genesis all the way to the end of the Old Testament. Where he led them, what he promised them would come. Then go through Luke 1 again and maul on the Magnificat again. The poetic sum of everything that happens in the story up until that point, not just with the blessed mothers to be, but with the entirety of what God promises in the Old Testament as well. Spend time in prayer as you go through this exercise this week. Let this assignment take over your next week until Christmas arrives. Let this assignment fill you with anticipation for that day. Why do this? Because if you do, and you really let it take hold, really let it take root, then when the 25th arrives, that our God, even after all this time, always keeps his promises to us, that will make a new kind of sense. Do this because if you do, when you come to the manger in six days' time, only six days' time, far from being just the story of the birth you hear every year, you will see that what happened there was the culmination of millennia of our God keeping his promises. And if he has up until that point, you can rest assured that he has ever since as well. What is to come next then will mean a new sort of thing. Come to see in that way as Mary shows herself too in the Magnificat. And what comes next both in the manger and over the months to come as we follow the life of Mary's child throughout scripture, what comes next? It can change you. 
but you have to do the work first to let it. Amen. Remember, first off, on the back table, you're going to find a whole lot of uh, goodie plates. Just see who they're going to, and I'd encourage you to pick them up and deliver uh, them and share a little bit of that Christmas cheer. Uh, if you want to do multiple, feel free as well. Also, tonight, 7 o'clock, uh, be here at the church for caroling. It is going to be a wonderful time, and I hope you all can come. And for our benediction, we turn to the book of Ephesians. May God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grant peace, love, and faith to all the brothers and sisters. May grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ in life imperishable. Go now and serve our God. Amen.